Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. I'm Jason Ward, as always, joined by Joey Nagel. How you doing, Joey? What's good? What's good? We've got a great episode for you today. We've got Steve Peralt on the show. But before we get to that, spring training has started. Baseball is back. Okay, so let's start this off with um, which name do you think is the biggest name to watch in spring training? Um, you know, I'm actually really interested in uh, Colton Brewer because... He he's uh he's still you know like he's relatively young and he he has the stuff to compete for a spot in the bullpen and who knows maybe he could have a Ryan Brazier story and really emerge as a as a nice piece to the bullpen. Yeah, he's my guy too, Colton Brewer. Um, Alex Cora actually said about him stuff wise, he's up there with Matt Barnes and Ryan Brazier. So I'm very interested to see what he can do for this team. And like you said, maybe he can be the next Ryan Brazier and really help out in the bullpen. Yeah. As each and, day passes without Kimbrel signing, I'm start like I'm getting a bit worried that he won't come back. But I'm also like kind of tricking myself into thinking Ryan Brazier won't be too bad. Like, I mean, he it's quite possible that he could be a really effective closer, but we're not gonna know because maybe he just had one good year, and you know maybe this year people are gonna start figuring figuring him out. But it's it's pretty clear that he is a. Uh, Somewhat of a clutch factor because, you know, he came into some tight spots in the playoffs and he got the job done. Yeah, that's true, though. If Ryan Brazier isn't the same Ryan Brazier we had last year and last year was a fluke, we're, we're going to have a big problem. Yeah, we're going to have a big problem in the bullpen. Yeah, hopefully we get Kimbrell. Kimbrell, please come back. Yeah, speaking of Kimbrell, do you think that Dombrowski is waiting out on Kimbrell the same way he did for JD last offseason? Actually, I do. I think... I think, like, this offseason and the last offseason, you know, all these free agent signings are going to be happening in spring training. And, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Like, the owners are, are colluding a little bit, you know. They're, wait, they're just waiting and waiting and waiting until players realize that they have to get a job and eventually take less money. And I think that's going to be the case with Kimbrell because he started off with a huge, huge starting price. And he yeah. dropped it considerably after that. But now, you know, he might take that one-year deal back with the Sox. My only concern is that Dombrowski has repeated over and over that they don't want to make a big expenditure in the closing position. And usually Dombrowski means what he says and does what he says. But I, I really want to think that this time that's not the case and he, he's going to sign Kimball. Yeah, that's, that's worried me too. I don't know. Like, I, I it's... Our bullpen is really strange because our entire team is elite, you know, except for the bullpen. Right. And that's the way it's been for the past few years, I feel like. Yeah. Like, when did the Red Sox last have a kind of a lockdown bullpen? I mean, 2013, they were pretty good, but, you know, nothing, nothing incredibly special. I don't know. Right. But the game today is trending towards bullpens. And, you, like, every team has to have a strong bullpen. Absolutely. The thing I find interesting is that the Cubs signed reliever Xavier Cedeno to a $900,000 deal. Yes. He had a 2.43 ERA last year. Yeah. No, I, I'm upset about that. I thought, I mean, that is microscopic. Like, I mean, for the Red Sox, it doesn't look like they even made an offer. Like, for them not to make an offer, that's not great. I, I would have loved to see them pick him up because you know he could be valuable or even just making an offer would be all right as long as they sign Kimbrell I'm okay with letting him go but if we don't get Craig Kimbrell back letting that guy go for just 900k that's a mistake yeah although I don't see him as a closer but yes well even if he's not closing games he can still be helping in the seventh and eighth inning and then have Matt Barnes or Brazier close yeah outside of Barnes and Brazier the rest of the bullpen is not that great either. I mean, Heath Hembry, Tyler Thornburg. Heath Hembry is like, oh, my God, the stupid Jerry curls. Like, he's like a wannabe white Pedro, you know, with, like, the Jerry curl hair. Oh, geez. And he sucks, too. I don't trust him. I never do. He just doesn't look right out there. I don't, I don't know what it is. It never looks like he's comfortable. Yeah, 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 I see what you're saying. I mean, he has good stuff. It just seems like he doesn't use it right. Yeah. He just throws the wrong pitches in the wrong situations. I mean, he throws hard. He has good movement on his fastball. And, like, you know, 
you'd think he could be able to get people out with that, but I think it's just a matter of control and consistency with him. And I just don't, I don't know if he's ever going to reach the point where he can consistently get the job done. Yeah. Um, the thing with him though, is I don't really feel like we should be using him in high leverage situations anymore. Anyways, I feel no. like, um, core has kind of shown that they're not going to. So I feel like he's decent in a role that he has in like just the gap guy in the fifth inning or the sixth inning getting to the better relievers. Yeah, no, he's a solid depth depth piece to the bullpen, 100%. Same like Matt Barnes too, except he's he's a little bit better than that. But I I never have and it's it's pretty hard to trust Matt Barnes in high leverage situations too. Yeah, just because I have all those memories of him blowing games in those kind yeah. of situations in the past years. Yeah. There was one where he gave up like four runs in the eighth inning to the White Sox or something, which was ridiculous. There's all those times where he just can't find the strike zone. Yep. But he is great stuff. Nasty. Yeah, when he's on, he's on. He showed it in the playoffs. He is filthy. Yeah. So um, aside from Colton Brewer, other names I think that Red Sox fans should be looking out for in spring training. Carson Smith, he could, if he has a good season or a good spring training, he could really help the Red Sox in the regular season in the bullpen. Yeah. Um, he has the funny arm angle, which, you know, can throw people off. And, yeah, and he, he was good when he was in Seattle. And for the very brief time he was healthy with us, and he got, you know, like a, a fair amount of innings, he pitched really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I liked to see him come back. Um, other names, Marco Hernandez. We haven't heard from him in a while. Um, shortstop infielder. He's coming back from lots of injuries, some surgeries. He, if the Red Sox can't get Xander Bogarts back, he's really our only other option at shortstop. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. So, I mean, this is going to be a pretty... That's true. That's... Good point. Forgot about him. It's his birthday, actually. Yeah, I know. Happy birthday, Zuway. <laughs> I have your autograph from Lowell. Let's go. Yeah, but I mean, if Marco Hernandez can be the Marco Hernandez that we thought he was going to be a few years ago, he's pretty good. Yeah. I, I don't know. He's going to have to prove something, and I don't know if he'll be able to prove it on this team this year because, I mean, we have Brock Holt. We have Eduardo Nunez. We... We endeavors to Pedroia, Chavis. Like there's just so much, there's just so much depth in the infield. And Hernandez coming back from I don't even know what the injury was this time. It's going to be really hard for him to find playing time in the major league level. And mm-hmm. as a result of that, you know, I don't know if he'll ever if he'll ever make it. But I did see today that there that uh, there's mutual interest between the Red Sox and Bogarts on an extension. So yeah, uh, I I think that Bogarts is the most likely extension to happen. Yeah, I think you know I'm actually pretty confident with Bogarts, Sale, and Mookie. I think they'll all get extensions. All three. Well, actually, actually no, I think Sale will test free agency, but I think he'll come back. And I think the Red Sox are going to give Mookie just an absolute monster offer. So, I I think the Red Sox will get Mookie, give Mookie a giant offer. But I don't think it will be in the form of an extension. Mookie hasn't really seemed interested in any extensions. It, it's, it appears like he wants to test free agency. That could change after um, whatever happens to Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Like if they don't get paid that much, Mookie will probably want to go for an extension. Yeah, uh, we pissed them off last year though when we lowballed them on arbitration. That's not a good look. Yeah, I agree. Like the Yankees extended uh, Severino today through through his arbitration seasons, which I think is a great move because, you know, you don't have to go through all that arbitration hearing stuff. And, you know, there's no way that you can upset your player by lowballing them. That's true. And then um, in terms of Chris Sale, he said a quote a few days ago, something along the lines of, um, I'm not here to buy stuff. I'm here to win championships. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, he wants to be in Boston. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll even take less money to stay in Boston. So that's I think he'll get contract extension. Yeah, I mean he better. He's our ace, and we have to treat him that way. And yeah, we need him. With all this money, though, I think I think Rick Porcello could be out the door, unfortunately. But yeah, 
it's not like he's irreplaceable. We could find somebody for lower, in my opinion. Yeah, I love Rick, but yeah, I agree. I feel like he's just he just doesn't really fit in um, when we have all that money going towards Bogart, Sale, and Mookie. Yeah, there's like, just not enough room in in terms of in terms of financial standards or financial means. Yeah, he's the odd man out. Yeah, which sucks because he's awesome, but yeah, replaceable yeah. for sure. I mean, there's a chance. He's another guy that seems like he doesn't really care too much about the money. He likes winning. So there's yeah. a chance he takes like a big pay cut and signs with the Red Sox still. I mean, it's it's gonna a lot is gonna depend on this year. Like, you know, very true. If we yeah. repeat, if we repeat, uh, or get close to it, I think a lot of people are gonna want to stay. Yeah, definitely. And then someone else I'm I'm interested in for spring training is uh, Dustin Pedroia who said today that he's going to that he regretted having that knee surgery in 2017. Yeah, um well first of all, I'd love to see him play again. I can't wait to see him out there on the field. Yeah. Um it was rough like knowing what he had to go through last year only playing a couple games and watching his team go on to win a championship without him. Yeah. Like knowing the kind of player that Pedroia is, that that's just terrible for him. Yeah. And he's going to be wearing a knee brace permanently, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So hopefully that can limit his his uh his injuries and his stints on the injured list. <laughs> yeah, um I'm still calling it the DL, whatever. Yeah. But I think um one way that Cora should go about handling Pedroia is he shouldn't be out there playing second base every single game. They should mix him in at DH sometimes and then put JD in the outfield every once in a while cuz he won't be able to, his knee won't be able to sustain a full season out there in the field running around diving. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough for Pedroia. It's really, you hate to see it. Like, even if he wasn't on the Red Sox, you know, he's somebody who's well-respected throughout baseball because he plays his heart out every game, and he wants to be out there every day. And right. just everybody had to feel bad for him last year because he 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 plays through injuries, you know he's all he always has and he pro, he always will and you know he it just built up to the point where they they just couldn't let him out there and you know especially after playing three games in the middle of the season like that's frustrating because he got back and he realized pretty quickly that something's not right and he'd have to miss out yeah i really hope it works out for him because like we talked about in uh, one of the past episodes It'd be terrible if the way he ends his career is not being healthy enough to play. Yeah. Um, speaking of health, Stephen Wright, um, he said that he thinks he's never going to feel 100% again like he did before he hurt his knee. Uh, he said it's just trying to get as close to that as we can and staying consistent, which is part of the reason why the Red Sox will not be using him as a starter, but mainly in the bullpen. I'm curious with that, though, because could he have maybe a spot start like once or twice in the season? I think um, what could happen is kind of like the Rays have been doing with the openers. You maybe put him in for, (laughs) but I mean, with his health, what you could do is put him in for like three innings, Hector Velasquez for two, and then you're in the fifth and you can use the rest of the bullpen. Yep. Velasquez is interesting too. I mean, he, he could give you five if you really needed it. He's done it before. Yeah, that's what I like about this Red Sox bullpen. If they is they have those kind of guys, Brian Johnson, Hector Velasquez, Stephen Wright, who can go multiple innings and kind of make up for not having that really high level reliever that we used to have in Craig Kimbrell. Unless he yeah, comes back. I mean, please, Workman too. Like people forget about him. He pitched really well in the regular season. Yeah, I forgot about him. Although he he sucked against Houston. Yeah, he sucked. I was at that game. He sucked. Tyler Thornburg, another guy in the bullpen. He's already throwing 35-pitch bullpens, and it sounds like he's ahead of everyone, and his health is ready to go. So he could be the X factor in this bullpen. If he is healthy and he can actually be effective, he could really make up for not having a closer or not having that good of a bullpen around him. Yeah. I'm seeing something on Nesson right here, and it says Dustin Pedroia wore a World Series uniform to an Arizona workout because... He took the advice, dress for the job you want, to another level. That's pretty funny. That's such a Pedroia thing. Yeah. 
Another storyline I found interesting coming out of spring training. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. doesn't think he was good enough defensively in his cold glove season last year, and he looks to be better on defense in 2019. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you can be much better than what he did last year. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know either. Like, I mean, unless he's, like, climbing up the green monster and robbing home runs like that. Basically, that's the only way he can improve. Although, yeah. I mean, I think he's talking about maybe his th- his throws because they were actually a little – you could tell they were a little bit off this year. They weren't as accurate. That's true, yeah. If there's any um, if there's any area in JBJ's defensive game that he can improve, it'd probably be the accuracy of his throws, so – it's just a it's just a matter of consistency in my opinion. Like, cause he had one in Minnesota earlier this season that was like 103 miles an hour yeah. right down the middle of the plate. So yeah, but that when you have an arm like that, it's hard to keep consistent. Yeah, I think part of the thing with him last year too is his offense was just so inconsistent and not that great that that probably distracted him from really working on his defense that much. So that could be kind of what he's talking about. Um, and looking to improve his defense in 2019. Yep. I still think that he's going to have a great offensive season, though. Like like I said in the last episode, he's working on his swing. Um, he worked with the guy that fixed JD's swing. So if he can get that offense somewhat consistent, then his defense can be consistent, too, and he can be a really impactful player for the Red Sox. It's a contract year for him, too, so I think, I think he will play well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this has been a boring offseason. I mean, it sure has. I mean, you want to talk about the new WEI crew? Because there are, what? Yeah, let's go for it. There's eight new people joining Joe Castiglione throughout the course of the season. Notable names. Sean McDonough, former Nesson broadcaster. Lou Merloni. Dale Arnold, who does the Bruins. Josh Lewin. I don't know him. Mario Impemba. And then you got Obi. And then Tom Karen. But then there's also Chris Berman, which is really strange. Yeah, I found that kind of odd since he doesn't really have much of a relation to the Red Sox. But yeah, I saw something that um, some fans were actually upset about it. Why would they be upset about it? I'm not sure. He's from Connecticut. So I guess he grew up a Red Sox fan, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I really don't know. It's, it's kind of confusing. I mean,. If he does that home run call like he does in the home run derby, I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, if we if we go back to back to back, though, I would be it'd get annoying pretty quickly. <laughs> that's very true. If he's doing that every time that Sox hit a home run, I feel like Castiglione wouldn't like that. For yeah, some reason. no, no. <laughs> Can you keep it down, Chris? <laughs> I'm looking at. Um, David Price uniform number conspiracies. I'll let you know if something stands out. Well, I saw that um, Pete Abraham, um, yeah. he, he said that it was confirmed that the reason why was Price's because son's name is Xavier, Xavier and X is Roman numerals for 10. But apparently that's not true. Yeah. And it, even then, like if that was the reason he switched his number, it's a bit confusing. Because, you know, yes, it has a meaning behind it, but it's very indirect. Well, Price said something along the lines of, anyone who knows me will be able to figure it out. So, I mean, that's that's why the Xavier thing could make sense. But, I don't know. So, that's about all that's happening in spring training. So, um, without further ado, let's send it over to our interview with Steve Peralt. All right, we are here with Steve Peralt, a content producer for Bleach Report and the host of the very popular Section 10 podcast. Steve, how you doing? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, so first off, the Section 10 is the number one podcast in Massachusetts and Connecticut. When you first joined the podcast, did you have any idea, any small idea that could possibly turn into something this big? Um, I kind of had an idea just because I knew we had the right ingredients. I think initially it was tough because we started in my great friend Pete Blackburn's basement, his mom's basement actually to be specific, and the funny thing to me is that we would have Boston sports media personalities come down into that basement to do podcasts. And like the second Kirk Minahan's down there, uh, Jimmy Stewart, Jim Murray, I'm like, this is kind of ridiculous. Like, I think we actually have something going here. Um, now, granted, at that point, we weren't affiliated with Barstool. That was just us doing it on our own. 
and then Barstool picked it up, and then Barstool moved to New York. And uh, we put a lot of time into it. And now, yeah, most listened to podcasts in Mass. And Connecticut, which I, I was very surprised by, considering yeah. that's, that's Yankee territory. That was, that was surprising. Yeah, and you're working on Maine. Yeah, Maine is Maine is next. Uh, the main questions of the week are the best. I love them. It's me too. Yeah, it's it's something that like I think we just stumbled upon. We were just talking about this like trip I took to Maine when I didn't have any cell reception, and then somebody sent a DM and you know along the lines of like I had to travel to the top of a mountain just to get one bar of service, but I was able to send this DM over. So yeah, we've we've kind of stuck with it. I think it's gonna be a year long thing. The main question of the week. Awesome. Yeah, no, they're good. <laughs> You've had listeners skydiving or swimming with sharks with your shirts on. You signed an actual baby. What's that like? The baby signing was hilarious. One of my buddies hit me up. I was like, really, dude? Like, you're sending a baby? As if I'm going around being like, hey, who's got a baby? I want to sign a baby. Like, come on. Like, I'm not, like, looking to sign babies. Um, but, no, they're a loyal couple uh, in terms of like, they, they, I mean, they've been apparently married for a little while. They listen to the podcast. They had actually sent in a lot of pictures of them wearing section 10 shirts across the country at different baseball parks. And the missus was pregnant in those photos and you put two and two together. And then by winter weekend, they have a baby. And so naturally they got a custom section 10 shirt, like a onesie for the baby, which is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I mean, like the passion of people that listen to the podcast is something that I, um, I'm extremely thankful for, and it's what really makes us put all the effort in that we do for the show. Um, that was really cool. But yeah, I mean, all of it's anything we get to do because of the show is uh, is pretty awesome. Like the shirts, the skydiving thing blew me away last year. That was nuts. Like I, I and he's like section ten of the building, and he jumps out of a friggin' plane like that. <laughs> uh, that was insane. Uh, but yeah, I'm always looking for people to kind of one up the next person. It became competitive this past year in 2018. Such a perfect year because obviously we grew a lot. The Red Sox happened to win the World Series. I don't know if you guys saw that. And nah, uh, all right, well, just check it out. It's on the YouTube. But yeah, it's it's insane because like the listeners got competitive with like trying to one up each other on where they were taking photos in the shirts. It was nuts. I never saw that coming. But yeah, 2019, we're gonna have to raise the bar. I don't know if you have to. I don't know what the hell you can jump out of. I don't know. They, people will surprise us. I'm sure someone's gonna be in like a hot air balloon or something. We'll we'll see. We'll see how high up we can go. I still want to see someone in the Yankees clubhouse. I know. That was my top one. It was crazy because we were on a stretch there um, where, like, every every week we would request a certain place to take a photo. And someone would have it by, like, the next day. And the one that shocked me was the friggin' Jaws photo. Yeah. <laughs> that was Because think about it. You got to time that, like, perfectly. Like, you need to know when Jaws is coming out of the water. You need to be sitting at the right angle. You need someone to be ready to take the photo and not have it be blurry, get it all right. So um, the second that got sent in, I immediately sent it to Jared. We were just dying laughing. Like, this is insane. Like, I can't believe uh, somebody got it. So this year, yeah, I'm maintaining that as my top uh, request for a Section 10 shirt pick, the Yankees Clubhouse. I think it's just because they don't let anybody in there. Like, right. they barely let media members in there. So um we'll see that is at the top of the list though yeah that jaw the jaws pick was was my favorite 100 percent. it's i still can't believe he yeah got, but it was it was awesome that's dedication yeah it's <laughs> the definition of it yeah you've been trying to get people in the section 10 shirts to all the parks in the mlb did you actually get that one we did yeah so i had come up with that idea at the start of the season last year and uh because they were just kind of coming in from all over the country i was like we might as well make like the section 10 shirt map and I'll probably just bring that back again this year and just have us re, you know, run yeah, it do back it and, and see how quick we can get it this year. Yeah, so it's like, might as well see if we can top. I'm going to have to find, that'll be the challenge. I'm going to find the date that we got all of them, which I think was pretty early. It wasn't even like really summer yet. It was like, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like May or something. Um, I think the end of May, like we had gotten every park. So I don't know, maybe by April we can do it this year. But I'll definitely have to run that back because that was, that was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, you, you know it'd be cool if you if you did like get a picture from every game at like every opening day game. That's in a true. section ten shirt. That'd that would be, be that would be we'd need to plan for that. <laughs> that yeah. would be something you got to be like. All right, who's got? We'd we'd have to like have people DM like. All right, I got I got Coors Field. You know, I got Nationals Park. Like that's one thing that uh, we'd have to get ahead of. But no, that's that's a good idea. I like that. I'd like to see that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. Th- we can we can pull that off. I think that's doable. So section ten listeners know that Steve's co-host Jared and Coley both got to ride on duck boats in the World Series parade. Oh, that they did. Man. <laughs> Steve, you didn't get to go, but uh, Brock Holt said you can come on his on your recent episode. So will you be in a duck boat? I uh, yeah, that is something I've just embraced it because I knew right when it happened. Um, I mean, the reason is because day. All right, so I we've said it, but I'll just restate it again. They got an uh, a offer from New Era, the the hat company, for two barstool employees to be on a duck boat and promote the hell out of their like World Series hat that New Era was releasing. Yeah, and um, and naturally, I work full time at Bleach Report. Very happily, I love BR, and I do the podcast for Barstool. It's kind of a confusing process, but it's worked. We, I've <laughs> been able to do it for three years, and it's not hasn't created that many issues. So, um, but with that being said. And Dave and I have a fine relationship. We've never butted heads over anything. We talk occasionally. It's completely fine. But Dave's Dave's Dave, and he's not going to have a full-time BR employee, um, you know, Trump a full-time Barcelona employee. It's just not going to happen. So naturally, it was Jared and Coley. And to Jared's credit, I'm pretty sure he tried, to the degree that he tried to get me on there, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> but his uh, someone close to Jared very much expressed to me that he was pretty bummed that I couldn't get on there. But Jared would never say that publicly. Um, but yeah, it was it was something that I, I immediately was very upset about. And um, but knew right in the moment I was like, I can either bitch about this or turn it into like content. And that's kind of what we've done. And just constant. It's gonna come up all year. I'm gonna use that all year. And shout out to Brock. Brock's the greatest man. Brock is the nicest dude ever. And I'm very excited for me, him, and Griff to just have our own duck boat and just go crazy. Like, that's exactly what's oh, yeah. going to happen. And I'm even, like, obviously, we care about the Red Sox a lot. Like, we live and die with this team. But, like, I've never been more invested than I am now knowing that I got a duck boat spot, like, <laughs> reserved. Like, we got to win this freaking World Series. No doubt. I'm going to lose my mind. Um, so, we'll see. I mean, it's I'm excited now. I, I was excited for opening day, even though, it, you know, as we were talking about, this offseason just kind of sucks. I mean, there's not, nothing's really happening. It's, we're all just kind of hanging out as world champs, just, you know, sipping champagne and whatnot. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it, man. I'm ready for it. I'm sick of the Celtics drama. Uh, the Patriots haven't won a championship in like two weeks. I, I am ready for the Red Sox season to start. So, need it. Yeah, completely agree. I wouldn't say you have that duck boat spot reserved because you did bash David Price last night. I know. I didn't think that was going to get as much legs as it did. My goodness. I was just stating the fact he had a 995 ERA in his first two postseason starts this year. The funny thing is, like, if we can just go back and look at Twitter and look at people's feeds after that Yankee start and after that Astro start, which was also relatively garbage, no one is like, oh, David Price, my God, I love David Price. Even Jared was like, eesh, this is tough. So, like, I hate that we can't just acknowledge the fact that the Red Sox bailed David Price out and gave him that chance to have a good three-start stretch. He was really good. Like, so, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still confused at why we can't, like, acknowledge that he had an awful start and a really good finish. We should be able to say that, but everyone's like, oh, shut up, man. You're being, you're being like Rob Parker. I'm like, no. <laughs> being a realist. I'm calling it as it is. So, I don't know. I mean, I, Jason knows. I'm, like a huge david price fan like i stuck with him i stuck with him those two those two starts so you know i don't i don't know steve i don't know good luck with your duck boat (laughs) (laughs) hopefully it doesn't hopefully it doesn't do anything negative to the duck boat but no i mean david price himself said he was going to throw 52 cards over me so hopefully we uh, are able to do that i'll pick some up because he definitely doesn't have all the cards let's be honest i mean uh he has all the cards i think he has a good hand i think he's got like an ace 10 suited um, which I would raise pre-flop, but like I, I don't think he has literally every single card. So I'm at least going to try to keep the Joker's uh, self-proclaimed Joker. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm not going to hammer it home too much. Like I'm going to try to lay off a little bit. But if David Price sucks in March and April, you know where to find me. I will be on the Twitter machine letting everyone <laughs> know he does not have all the cards. And I'll well, come after you defending David Price. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's a promise. So what are your predictions for him in 2019? I think it's going to be up and down again. I David Price has he obviously his best year was last year. Um, it was a little shaky to start, but he had a stretch there that was phenomenal. Here's the thing: like I'm not an idiot. Like I really think he should have been World Series MVP. Everyone thinks I'm just like a hundred percent David Price hater. It's not the case. I'm a David Price realist. Like there are times where we can't fully trust him, aka the 
ALDS and the start of the ALCS. Two extremely important rounds if you want to win the World Series. And he wasn't, he was not good. In Houston, he was great. In the World Series, he was great. Like, I, I don't get why people just can't acknowledge both sides of it. So we'll see. I mean, now he has he has the chip off his shoulder. You can tell how much it meant to him. He was very yeah. after the World Series. And, Sprinted out to the mound. Oh, exactly. I mean, he was flying first one out, out there, there. As he should be. He should have been the first yeah. one out there. He's the reason they, they won in five, or a big reason. Him, Stevie Pierce, like Eovaldi. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's something where I, I wouldn't expect him to have a completely consistent season. Um, ideally, he's a strong two behind Sale. I'm more worried about Sale, honestly. I agree. Uh, keeping this trend of, of by the time August is here, like what does he look like? And and it's it's we have enough of a sample size now where Chris Sale is very much damaged by the end of all these seasons. Like it's yeah, I yeah. really want to talk about it because I love Chris Sale and like what he brings to the table is unmatched in terms of his intensity, his his intensity, his dedication. Um, he's just like. He brings it. And I love guys that grab the ball and, like, I am going to strike you out every time and stare at you as you go to the dugout. Chris Sale is one of those guys. And it sucks to see. Like, we don't get any pleasure in seeing him miss starts in a pennant race. Like, that's that's not fun by any means. Right. Um, but, yeah, ideally this season, I'm sure Core is going to do everything he possibly can to spread Sale out and to not hammer him home too much before the All-Star break. I mean, he'll probably start the All-Star game once again. It's like a 30th straight year. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if you're trying to repeat his World Series champions, which is the point of all this, then I'm fine with him missing some starts here and there. I really am. Even if the division race is tight, I would rather have Sale ready to go in a big Yankee series in September than try to get, like, a four-game lead in, you know, um, June. So, yeah. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. I, I, I think Price is going to be... Have a good season. I think he'll have some up and down moments. I think he'll have he'll bark at the media unnecessarily again. Um, and yeah, it'll be a, another round and round we go season. Yeah, that sounds right. The the thing with Sale though is it's okay to give him those days off because we have that depth of like guys like Hector Velasquez, Brian Johnson, Stephen Wright. Yeah, they have options. Especially you saw today that the Sox are I think solely going to use Wright as a reliever in spring. Right. Um, yeah. Which is clearly to get him ready. To maybe be, you know, the the depth, the long innings guy out of the bullpen, which makes sense. Um, I mean, I think people forget how valuable that position is, a, a, a long innings bullpen guy. Like, that's a scenario where, especially for Stephen Wright, not a lot of strain on the arm. You're throwing a knuckleball. Right, knuckleball I understand yeah. he, he throws it faster than most. He can throw, like, an 85-mile-an-hour knuckleball. Talk about the impossible thing to hit, an 85-mile-an-hour <laughs> knuckleball. Um, I, could, I threw my arm out and got to, like, 65. But anyway, so... <laughs> That is, um, that's something that we definitely need to keep an eye on uh, in terms of how many starts, you know, Velasco is going to get, BJ is going to get, and uh, Stephen Wright. Because I think they're, if they can stay healthy, an enormous if with Stephen Wright, uh, then that could be, an, that could be a, a key to giving Sales some, some breathers. Definitely. So, Steve, you've interviewed JD in the dugout. You've you just had Brock Holt on. You've interviewed David Ortiz. So the question I really want to know is, do you get intimidated or nervous interviewing these kind of big-name players? Not really. Sadly, I wasn't able to do Big Poppy. Uh, we weren't even supposed to get him at all. Obviously, there are times where uh, Bleach Report, you know, I, that's a full-time schedule there. So there are times where Coley and Jared just have to take the interview, and it's fine. And there are times where Jared and I just do the interview, and Coley can't because of mixtape stuff. So we understand that we're not going to be able to do all of the interviews. But um, that aside... I've ne- no, I never really do because I knew I was going to be doing this all along. Like I did a sports radio show in college. Uh, had a couple internships. I think I'd be occasionally nervous when uh, at Endicott they require three internships, and that really got me ready for the sports industry. Freshman year, when I was 18, uh, I was doing an internship at WEEI, and I was in kind of the the radio booth and whatnot, taking calls, and uh, we would you know forward the topics to the hosts and just kind of make sure the show flows well, kind of similar to producer stuff. And uh, and Kurt Schilling came into the studio. And I remember, was, this is such a subtle thing. This is so stupid. But, like, he he knocked on the window on his way out and just kind of gave me a wave. And I was looking around me. And I was like, oh, damn, that was just to me. No one, no one else was in here. That was, I just got a Kurt Schilling wave. That was great. Uh, and I just remember, I don't know, that, that was, like, kind of the last time I was nervous about any of this stuff. So it's been, like, 10 years. So I, I really don't – I think you just get used to it. You get comfortable with it. Uh, J.D., 
and Brock and these guys, they follow what we do. So it's kind of a mutual respect that we obviously love watching them play. They enjoy the content that we're, you know, pumping out. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a, a mutual a mutual bond, I would say, between us and the players. There are some that are a little worried about coming on the show. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know what that's all about. But uh, I remember we, when we were interviewing JD. JD, by the way, just such a great dude. I mean, Brock's like the king of... Uh, he's the ultimate glue guy. Like, Brock is the funniest dude. Love the grip Brock. stuff is hilarious. He's just the ultimate, like, fan favorite. He's the definition of it. So I hope he's here until he's, like, 50, which makes no sense. But, like, I just want <laughs> I want him in Boston forever. Um, but JD is the nicest dude ever. Like, dude, that was the day before the ALDS. That was the day before game one of Red Sox-Yankees. And we were just chilling in the dugout. And he almost gave us, like, an hour. It was insane. Like, right. we, we would have been pumped with 15 minutes. And um, we just kind of sh- kept, you know, shooting the breeze. And and Mookie came in towards the end. It was kind of kind of like a concerned girlfriend because like they were going out to dinner that night, and he he was kind of giving him the you know the eyes, the look of like, like are up. we are we like wrap it up, be like he's like are we are we getting food or what? You're talking to these scrubs. Um, but no, he I I don't know if Mookie's gonna come on. At the end of the day, Mookie's. I mean, let's be honest. It's not like Mookie's a great interview. He's kind of a boring dude off the field, which is really surprising because he plays with so much sweat. That is choked. So much swagger. Um, he has, he's got so much flair, and he has that like new era, uh, that modern baseball vibe to him. That like up and he's he just plays. He plays in a youthful way, and right. and it does kind of suck because uh, off the field he's not quite like that. He's just kind of a he's he's just like a polite dad off the field. <laughs> like he's not he's not like yeah I'm gonna rock the Yankees for, you know, three dingers tomorrow. Um, he was just like, JD, like, it's time to go to dinner. Uh, so, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know if we'll get Mookie. Hopefully we do, just because, I mean, he won that MVP thing. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So similar to that, um, which player that you have never interviewed would you most want to interview? Nomar. Nomar Garcia-Para. That is absolutely number one. Um, how, how old are you guys? 17. 17, yeah. Okay. So who who would who would you say is your go-to Sox, like, all-time favorite Sox player? Probably Pedro. Ortiz. Ortiz and Pedro? Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, pa- all right, Pedro, that's good. Because it's always hard for me. It's funny, because, like, our the age range that listens to the show goes from, like, 13 to, like, 60. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's always hard for me. Well, not hard. That's not the right word. But there are times where I remember, like, we obviously have a younger audience, and then we also have, like, dads that listen. So... Uh, there is some, when Jared and I talk about, you know, when we were growing up in the nineties, uh, it's just kind of different because like we went to Fenway to see Mo Vaughn and Pedro Martinez and Nomar Garcia Para. And I forget that like everyone listening, a lot of them were just like babies when like Nomar was playing. So, um, yeah, Nomar's my guy though. I love Nomar. I remember going to his camp and he's the nicest dude ever, but what is this? Oh, sorry, an ad was just playing. I was like, I'm flip, flipping out right now. Uh, <laughs> shout out Miller White. I was like, geez, that was weird. Um, but yeah, Nomar's my guy. And if we get him, that would be the best. I think we, I don't know if we've really reached out yet or tried to get him. Uh, just because he, he's a pretty busy guy. Him and Mia Ham are like co-owners of the new MLS team in LA. And he also does games for the Dodgers. Calls games for the right. Dodgers. So um, that'd be tough. But Nomar is 100% number one. David Ortiz in the dugout would be awesome. Like, I know he's around Fenway occasionally. But if we ever... Because, like, this year we're going to do a lot more video content. So, if we ever got Big Poppy and, like, a full recorded interview in, like, HD, like, that would be awesome. So, those two are at the top of the list. Yeah. My parents are big Nomar fans. They went to a ton of games during his rookie year. Yeah. Nomar's just... He's the greatest. Like, I, I was... I had come home. I had had a couple, uh, maybe like two, three beers. We're not going to count how many. But uh, what I do, because I'm a loser, is when I come home after drinking, I'll go on eBay and just look for vintage Red Sox stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> I I found this Nomar Rookie of the Year shirt, and it's like brand new. It was from 1997 in, in perfect condition. It was like 20 bucks. I'm like, I'd be a moron to not buy this. And so I kind of forgotten I even bought it. So it was like a surprise Nomar gift that I sent to myself. <laughs> But it, it kind of felt like someone else sent it. So I was like, oh, this is great. Someone knows me really well. It's like, you idiot, you ordered this. But uh, yeah, it was. I wore that to Winter Weekend, and everyone was like, oh, damn, vintage Nomar shirt. You can tell the love for Nomar is deep. It is um, people that love Nomar. It, it's kind of unparalleled. I think Pedro had a lot of love in Boston, but Nomar was like the guy. Nomar was the face of the team, very much like David Ortiz. It really passed the torch. It really went from Nomar to Poppy. 
and and we ran that all the way until geez two years ago two three years ago so pretty nuts yeah and i've seen a i've seen a ton of nomar highlights he's fun to watch oh absolutely yeah yeah, yeah definitely do yourself a favor any chance you get and just if you I, i've done this before we go on youtube you type in nomar and all of a sudden it's two hours later you're like what am i doing like i'm, I'm looking at <laughs> nomar georgia tech highlights like i'm like this is a little nuts uh but no i mean he's he's awesome you can tell how much the fans loved him um i remember i i had to go into retirement for getting autographs at a certain point you just got to stop getting autographs you got to grow up a little bit and I think I retired around probably around your age, probably 16, 17. I was like, all right, we're hanging him up. But I came out of retirement uh, autograph wise when I was like 22. And Nomar was back for what was probably his last time at Fenway as a member of the Oakland A's. And I remember he got an enormous ovation. And I brought I had gotten this authentic Cubs jersey in 2005 when we, me and my dad went to Chicago and my brother. We went to Chicago and I got that because of all the people that were slandering Nomar. I'm like, this is my guy. So I would wear that all the time and be like, I am sticking with my guy. You guys can suck it. And I brought that jersey to Fenway, and he saw it. And he was like, hey, what's your name? And I was like, I'm, uh, Steve. And, <laughs> and so he, write, he wrote, like, uh, from Nomar Garcia Perra to Steve. I was like, oh, my God, this is the, so it's the best autograph I have. I have to get that jersey signed. Um, there's, sorry, framed. I already got it signed. I got to get it framed. And Nomar is the greatest. In summary, Nomar is the best. So, um, on Section 10, we always hear about Jared's famous no-hitter in high school. <laughs> so, um, what's, what's the highlight of your baseball career? Highlight of my baseball career? Oh, God, I've heard about that damn no-hitter way too much. Um, <laughs> and by the way, still no footage of that. Ellen Carabas, like, let me know if anybody recorded that. I understand that cell phones weren't really a thing, but, like, I, the, this kid could easily be making that up. Uh, highlight of my baseball career was in Babe Ruth. I remember it was the playoffs. I was a way better pitcher and fielder than I was a hitter and it was a playoff game I was playing short and uh the pitcher on the other team was my best friend's kid Tyler one of my really close friends and I was just hitting ropes all over the park I remember I was like a triple shy of the cycle I got it see we didn't have fences so the home run I just hit a bomb and just ran around the bases so kind of like <laughs> a, a little bomber but anyway it counts counts so, so I was like a triple shy of the cycle and it was the bottom of the last inning we had a runner on second and our coach was this big like finance guy like he's a businessman and he was on his damn phone while he's coaching third base and i'm like dude this is my moment like what are you doing right now and oh by the way i jumped the gun earlier in the game the coach had tyler intentionally so all right this is i need to set this up because this is the scene here a triple try of the cycle and the coach went up to the mound this is my friend tyler who's very similar to jared we're always just busting each other's balls and and he told them to intentionally walk me. And I was like, this is the biggest moment of my life. My best friend is about to intentionally walk me. I'm going to hold this over his head the rest of my life. And sure enough, my, the coach, who's on his damn phone, has the guy at second, during an intentional walk, try to steal third. And I'm like, what are you doing? So I didn't see him give the sign. I think the kid at second was like, you seriously want me to steal? Like, the catcher's standing. I'm going to get hosed. And sure enough, the first intentional walk pitch, catcher stands up. Tyler throws it right to him, and he throws it down to third. The kid's out by a mile. And I remember just looking at the coach being like, you just, do you have any idea what you just did? <laughs> First off, a, we're a run away from winning the game. Don't send the guy. There was one out. Don't send him to third. What are you doing? Or there were two outs. Sorry, sorry, two outs, even worse. Two outs. Don't make the last out at third. And sure enough, he makes the last out at third. I don't get to get intentionally walked by my friend. He just He's just smirking as he's walking off the mound as if to be like, what an awful decision that was to have him steal third uh, and i'm still salty about that man that's when i was uh geez that was a while ago i was like 16 17 i was like your age yeah, and uh yeah. i'm still salty about that man because that was gonna be i was gonna slowly walk the first just staring at him the whole time like you just had to intentionally walk me uh but it never happened and then we ended up i came into pitch the next inning and i was so riled up it was extra innings and i was so fired up that i just i was wild i plunked the first guy um, I walked the next guy, and then I gave up the game-winning hit. That was the worst. I, it, that went from, like, the greatest moment to the worst moment in my life within about five minutes of real time. That, that was bad. But um, that was a great game. Before that, I was making insane plays at short, uh, hitting the ball all over the park. So that was, that was the highlight. You know, I'm going to leave you with this, Steve. Uh, if you come after David Price, I'll be there. So <laughs> I, I like that. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not going to be 
I'm not going to try to be unreasonable with David Price. I'm going to try to keep it like keep it PG. I'm not going to go after him if I don't have any reason to. Although people would have said yesterday, I totally did that. Um, but yeah, I think moving forward, we're going to see how the uh, spring training goes. Uh, part of me thinks he did change to ten because of Section Ten, but maybe we're just like too caught up in the bubble. <laughs> I, I don't know. Do we have any theories of what that is? I know a lot of people are saying Xavier's his son, X is ten, but he already said that wasn't it. Uh, I don't know. There's 10 letters in his name. Sox are going for the 10th championship. I feel like there's a lot of different reasons why it could be 10. Yeah, I mean, we may never know. We'll find we- out players weekend. <laughs> yeah, seriously. If he puts section on his damn jersey, <laughs> I am going to lose it. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would, especially if he's, like, starting. Imagine, like, the opposing fans, like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> section? <laughs> section? Ten? What? David what? Section Price? What? Yeah, what is what does that mean? What is, is that? His middle name is middle name Section. Like, yeah, that that would be. <laughs> I, I I would, uh, dude. That would be amazing for content. So that is one thing I'm pulling for that he he puts Section on his jersey for when for uh, Players Weekend. We'll see. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So before we let you go, I just want to get your boldest prediction for the 2019 Red Sox season. Bold prediction. Um. Let's see. I haven't thought about this yet. I know we're going to do this probably last episode before the season starts. Um, Let me think. I don't want to rush this. This is a very important question. Again, this is, I think, with the bold prediction goggles on. I think J.D. Actually, let me know if this is bold or not. Because I I don't think this is that bold. This this is bold light. I'm going to give my bold light prediction and save the real one for the show. I think J.D. Martinez wins the MVP. I think he is pissed off that he was not one of the finalists for MVP. He had an amazing season. Like You go down the stats, and I mean, the dude won two silver sluggers. That's insane. So, I I think JD wins the MVP, and the Red Sox once again win the division. But I hope it's by, like, one or two games. I really want the Yankees to think they're going to win the division, but then not. Uh, so, preferably, the Red Sox win an even 100 games, and the Yankees win 99. That would be perfect. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, but yeah, JD MVP, bold prediction, like not that bold, but I'll save the real bold ones for later. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I can see that happening. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, he, I could tell. Like, I know we will message with him occasionally, and he didn't say too much, but you could tell he was pretty pissed off that he wasn't a finalist. So, um, I mean, you have that season, you need to be a finalist. Like, that's insane. It, that's, yeah, I understand Mookie probably took some of the the heat away from him, but. That, that was a ridiculous season. He barely went like a series without going deep once or twice. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think J.D. Wins, wins the MVP. Yeah, I like it. Well, thanks for coming on, Steve. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Let's, uh, let's do it again when the season's actually cooking and we can talk about some games. Yeah, yeah. sounds great. Take care, guys. See you, Steve. You See ya. What an interview. Wow. Incredible. Amazing. Steve's the best. I mean, he's just so fun to talk to. Awesome guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's just so good. We have no words to to describe him. Yeah, just speechless. Speechless. I mean, yep. Big thanks to Steve, though, in all seriousness. Our first ever guest on the podcast, and he was great. So we really yeah. appreciate Steve coming on. We do have um, some guests lined up in the future. Um, we won't say who they are yet, but you'll see. We have a guest next week. Um, tune in then to find out who it is. Um, and uh, we've questions um i didn't ask but let me see if i find anything on my instagram hold on yep all right oh wait i got one um i remember seeing it i don't know who it's from but how much of an impact will michael chavez have on the 2019 red sox um on the 2019 red sox i think his impact is gonna be very small i don't he won't make much of an impact in my opinion and just because that Red Sox infield is so crowded. Yeah. If he does have any impact, it will be pretty minimal. Yeah. I mean, I think this year he's really just going to try to get a feel for the majors and, you know, try to be ready for the, for the upcoming seasons where he will have a much bigger impact and, you know, probably a starting role down the line. Right, because next year I believe um, Eduardo Nunez is out of contract. Mm-hmm. Isn't Brock Holt out of contract too? We're going to resign him, but... Yeah, he might be. I'm not. It's I'm coming not up. I know sure. that. It, it's soon. Yeah. But he's not going anywhere. He's staying. No. Okay. So is it Chavez or Chavis? Because I keep hearing both. 
Yeah, I've used both. So, I don't know. We'll have I to get him on the podcast sometime and ask yep, him. Yep, yep. But I don't know. I have no idea. Whatever it is, Michael. Mike. Yeah, I remember um, when Danny Hechevarria was coming up with the Blue Jays, Orsillo <laughs> and Remy were in the booth, and they and they couldn't pronounce his name. Yeah, I remember Hechev- that. Hechevarria. They just they just called him H, I think, after that. Yeah. Remy was really having a tough time with it. <laughs> well, he can't pronounce Bogarts correctly. So. <laughs> I'm Xander Bogarts. Oh. I just got a comment. Yankees will win the East and knock the Red Sox terrible in the postseason. Thoughts on that? Who said this? Um, Judge Ball 99. Yeah. Um, I don't value that whatsoever. So It's just incorrect. Yeah. I, I don't value that at all. I don't recognize that opinion as as a credible source. I don't. I don't. Uh, I I hope he gets the mental treatment he needs. Um, I don't know. I, I have no res- clearly. I have no respect for this person, and uh, well, I hope his road to recovery is fast. So, do you like sports? Uh, I dabble in the sports industry every once in a while. What are your thoughts on uh, music, concerts, you like that stuff? Uh, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a pretty big music guy. Not as big as Anise Jane. Do you like uh, saving currency? Yeah, as long as it's mine. Yeah. Um, American currency or something else? Uh, you know, I'll say I'll save up those euros. You know, I don't know. Then SeatGeek is the place for you. Is it? You know now? what SeatGeek is? Uh, no, no, I, I do not know what SeatGeek is. Well, let me tell you exactly what it is. SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and much more. They make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal. And they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any game or concert. Plus, you can get $20 off your purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DUGOUT. That's D-U-G-O-U-T, DUGOUT. And that's uh, American $20, by the way, not Euros. Sorry. All right. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's our show. Um, once again, thanks to Steve Peralt for coming on. Um, Big shout-out, Steve. Oh, yeah, we have some guests lined up, like I said, and we'll see you next week. All right. Later. Later.